Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball until 11 o'clock like we do each and every Saturday morning, wondering if the White Sox managerial search will ever end. But so far, it hasn't, and we will have all kinds of uh, updates and opinions and information Good morning, Bruce. How are you? But we're going to talk about the World Series as well because Game One was an epic one. What'd you think? Yeah, David, it was uh, great. It was, if you're if you're going to have a start to the World Series, your uh, most uh, prized uh, you know possession of your sport, uh, that game was something that kept everybody's attention from uh, the first pitch on. You saw one of the great pitchers in baseball uh, history, not just the last twenty years. Um, uh, Justin Verlander dominate for three innings and then become the 39-year-old version of Justin Verlander uh, as uh, he wasted a 5-0 lead and it turned into a tie and a, a game that became a, uh, a barn burner going down to the finish. So perfect start to that. We have the managerial search, as you talked about, David, uh, with Ozzie Gein joining the mix officially, not officially by the White Sox, but from... Uh, people's uh, knowledge uh, that Ozzy was able to uh, have an interview this week with the Chicago White Sox. We have uh, the Chicago Cubs hiring another hitting coach, fourth in the last six years and 12th uh, in the last, I think, I think in the last 12 or 13, 12th top hitting coach and 20th, including assistants uh, since 2011. So, there's plenty to talk about if you're a Cubs or White Sox fan or a baseball fan in general. Yeah, there is. There's plenty to talk about. We want to get your opinions as well. 312-644-6767. The overarching question we want to know from Chicago baseball fans is as you watch the World Series and you watch the Phillies who bought their way into the postseason, you could say, and the Astros who have maybe developed the talent along the way, drafted wisely, and uh, certainly have added pieces along the way. You look at Justin Verlander, he's an example. But 
Which is the best method to achieve postseason success, to get to the point where you're within victories of having a championship? Is it buying your way or is it developing? Let us know what you think. 312-644-6767. Bruce, we also are going to have the pleasure and privilege of talking to Bob Costas at 10 o'clock. That's going to be a lot of fun at that point because Bob has thoughts on everything and he is one of these guys that when he talks, his words weigh a little bit more than everyone else's. Great time to talk to Bob Costas. You mentioned some of the other details. Let's, let's go into the managerial search, Bruce, because I think there's a lot of conversation and speculation around Chicago that remains all month long, it seems. And, uh, yeah, Ozzie Guillen interviewed on Monday. There have been reports that um, it was five and a half hours long, and he met with uh, Rick Hahn, was part of the, the group, and he also had already met with Jerry Reinsdorf. We also still hear some other names associated with the managerial search, Bruce. I guess the, the big, biggest question that I answer, and I wonder about you, is that why is it taking as long as it seems to be taking, and what exactly are they looking for if they know? You know, that's a great question. The, the, uh, what are they looking for if they know? Let's say uh, David Haw is now the general manager of the White Sox and that you're, uh, for, for a day you've uh, replaced uh, um, Rick Hahn as the general manager. What, what would you be looking for as you're with the managerial candidates that are out there right now? What would David Haw be looking for in the next manager? Because we haven't heard the name Joe Girardi. We have not heard the name uh, Joe Madden. We have not heard the name Ron Washington except at the beginning. To the best of everyone's knowledge, none of those three had uh, interviewed, at least to uh, the best of my knowledge, up until yesterday. So from from all of that, all the experienced guys that had won uh, that had won uh, World Series or had been to a World Series a couple times in a, in a row, uh, Bruce Bochy is hired elsewhere, Texas Rangers. So with all of that in mind, uh, what other experienced manager? would David Haw be looking at to bring in, and why not one of those three? Well, I, I don't know why one of those three didn't make sense except for I think that I'm trying to think like they are thinking, and I don't know that you know the way that I would look at it and the way that they are approaching it are, are the same things, Bruce, but I'm trying to you know, play along here. I, I believe that they are probably looking for somebody who has – uh, a willingness to work in concert with the front office and not necessarily independent of the front office. The, the guys that you mentioned might have more of a track record and experience level and certainly uh, of, are of the generation that are they're, they're typically used to working in more independently than, they, than some candidates would be. And I think today's Major League Baseball structure and model involves the front office intervention, if you will, or meddling more. That's my word, not theirs. And so they're going to have to find somebody open to that. And I think that's going to be able to strike a balance between somebody who brings the experience that is good for the job and a team ready to win now. And you have to have a team ready to win now and a manager who understands that and the urgency that comes with that with the, the open-mindedness of being able to accept contributions from the analysts, from the computers, from the big brains in the outfit, in the operation, and I think that may be why they're taking so long because they're trying to find the perfect mix, which I don't know if the perfect mix exists out there. So, meanwhile, they keep looking and looking and looking. You know, Rob Thompson and uh, 
Dusty Baker, do not remind me of uh, strict analytics guys, okay? Uh, we know for sure Dusty Baker uh, is not a strict strict analytics guy. We know Rob Thompson comes from uh, originally many, many years with the Yankees, many, many years working with Joe Girardi as a coach, uh, both in with the Yankees and with Philadelphia. Uh, analytics are a big part of what's going on. You'd be a fool uh, as a front office or as an executive in baseball not to pay attention to them. But I'm not sure, I'm not sure hiring an, hiring an analytics manager and uh, the, is the answer to the White Sox needs at this particular point in time. Analytics will help you an awful lot uh, put a team together, okay, as a general manager. I don't know, once you have the finished product, how much more it's going to help you. In other words... Will Eloy, Will um, Moncada, Will Anderson, Will um, Robert, will they take more pitches and walk more with an analytics-type manager? Will they be better defensive players with an analytics-type manager? Or is it the coaching that they get from the top manager and the coaching they get from a new set of coaches, if that indeed is in the mix as well, for the Chicago White Sox. Will that be the, the real test as to whether or not the Chicago White Sox are a championship team? I, you know, I'm, I, I like analytics. We've talked about it before. Uh, I don't think uh, age has much to do with it. I think, you know, when you look at Dave Roberts, he's a strict analytics uh, manager with the Dodgers. They are a strict analytics team. Uh, they've been to the playoffs 12 years in a row. They've won one World Series. Right. That's a good point. And, and Bruce, I guess I'm answering in a way that I think is, is informed based on what teams today are seeking. And maybe the White Sox, the reason things are taking so long is because they're looking for things that might not be out there or they're weighing that into the equation. I, I am on record. I think that Ozzie Guillen does fit those cri that, the criteria that they should be looking for because, number one, I do think you have a roster that is ready to win now. And I think they agree, uh, but let's let's look at some of the details, Bruce. Because if you're privy to any of them or people you talk to, besides Ozzy, Ron Washington, Mike Schilt, Joe Espada, Pedro Grafal, are there any other names out there that will surprise people if they come up? Are those guys all that I mentioned still in the mix based on the knowledge or information that you have? Well, if they turn if they turn to Jim Tomey, I think that'll be a shock to everybody, right? I mean, right. Uh, right. Jim Tomey is a uh, a very, very, very important executive with the White Sox. He is uh, a part of the team for a long time now, and uh, because he's more of a uh, home run hitter, hitting type guy, I don't know with the the fact that he hasn't coached or managed. Uh, makes him eligible for what the criteria that R Rick Hahn set out uh, when he had his press conference as to uh, the, announcing that Tony LaRusso was leaving and that they would have a, a set of criteria as to what they're looking for. Uh, Jim Tomei, you know, uh, to me would not be a shock of the world uh, because of the fact that I, I happen to think he's one of the brightest baseball guys out there and one of the best communicators. But uh, if your criteria... David is you've managed 
or coach at the highest level on a championship caliber team, uh, you relate well to all types of players. You speak Spanish. Um, I, you know, again, we're not privy to the fact that with a with a heavily laden uh, Spanish speaking team, if if that is the criteria, uh, important criteria for the Chicago White Sox as they pursue this, I would think uh, that would be important. I don't think it would be the essential thing as far as hiring a manager. You can continue to have a, a great bench coach and other coaches who speak Spanish and deliver the messages to players that don't speak uh, English all that well. I think the best baseball man out there is who you want uh, at the end of the day or their day. Uh, it's I don't, I don't think they want somebody they can control with analytics. I think they want somebody that's going to pay attention to all of the information out there, uh, be a, a great baseball person and communicator. And, um, you know, again, what name comes up when I mention those things to you? Whose name, you know, resonates the most? Is it Joe Madden? Is it Ron Washington? Is it Joe Girardi? Or is it Ozzie Guillen? I mean, again, it, it could be that the White Sox are waiting for the World Series to end to, to hire Joe Espada, the bench coach of the Houston Astros. And that's it, okay? Could because be, he's possibly. gotten a lot of interviews. Yeah. yeah. He's gotten a lot of interviews. He's, he's, got, a, he's got a tremendously high uh, recommendation area from a lot of people. Um, you know, it might be his time. But again, with a, a team that's set to try to win again right away, uh, the getting to know you year, I, I don't know how much that falls into the play here. Um, I'm just uh, I'm just thinking, David, that, um, you know, uh, how long into spring training will we hear? Well, we're, we're me and my, the coaches are still trying to get to know who the players are. Yeah, we okay. don't want that because the White Sox are ready to win now. I'll stay on record with Ozzie Gein and see where that goes. Bruce. I want to move on to the Cubs situation because we have callers and I want to get to them as well. But the Cubs have made another change at their pitching, or I'm sorry, their hitting coach. And they, it's a revolving door, and it has been for a while. And it's hard to believe you referenced it. Between two, 2012 and the 2022 seasons, they had 14 hitting coaches, 14 hitting coaches in that decade. And now. Dustin Kelly is in. Greg Brown is out. We have seen the Cubs approach improve, but it has been consistently inconsistent. What do you make of why that has been such a difficult job and what to expect now out of Dustin Kelly? Well, I think it's a difficult job when uh, people aren't hitting the way that you want them to. Now, uh, the recent uh, blend of Chicago Cubs since uh, 2019, uh, when they asked Joe Madden to be the uh, not only the manager but the hitting coach of the team that year to uh, to actually you know sit in with the hitting instructor and take part in uh, hitting drills and and in ideas about hitting till now uh, there's been nothing but disappointment as far as uh, the Cubs in their offense um, since the middle of 2021 it's been predicated from my opinion David on the fact that the players aren't good enough okay. You don't have enough good hitters on the team. It's simple. Uh, slugging, uh, three, 387 this year. Uh, league average, 395. OPS, uh, league average, 706. They're 698. Batting average, 
243 league average, they're 238. OPS plus, a big number that a lot of people pay attention to, 23rd in baseball. David, it's not the hitting coach. It's the players right it's now. It's the hitters. It's the hitters. Yeah. yeah, the hitters are lack of them. With all due respect to the guys who are out there, you know, we, they need more people to make hard contact, okay? They need more people that make contact, right? So, uh, you know, they're, they're four, they were fourth highest in strikeouts uh, in Major League Baseball last year. So, uh, again, I understand philosophically that they haven't found the people that they want. But you better get some better players there, too. You know, you know who's got a great hitting start. coach? The Phillies. The Phillies last night uh, came back from a 5 nothing deficit there in the World Series because they hit their way into deep October. And, boy, was that a great game, Bruce. I, I think when you talk about game one of the World Series and the Astros have a 5 nothing lead, they've got Justin Verlander on the mound. He retires the first nine batters. And then here come the Phillies on a rally that was described no but it was epic it was historic it was one of the greatest game ones in world series history a five-run deficit overcome for the first time in 20 years in the world series the astros you typically uh efficient bullpen fell apart dusty baker pushed the wrong buttons that was fun if that's any indication number one it's going to be a great world series number two a lot of people that pick the astros are going to be changing the predictions this morning uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you say it's the last 20 years. Was the last time uh, Dusty Baker's team with the Giants in the World Series? Was that oh, the 5 nothing lead that they had? Uh, I thought I, you, you were know, a Dusty just, guy, Bruce. It's just off the top of my head, but I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking exactly 20 years ago, uh, 2002, uh, that was the, that was yeah. the, the Angels-Giants. And uh, in Game 6, I think the Giants had a 5 nothing lead. If I'm not mistaken. I think you're right, Bruce. I think that there's a mere coincidence that it was the same manager that might have been involved. And boy, is that difficult to live down. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. 312-644-6767. Join the conversation. Ron, welcome inside the clubhouse. How you doing, Ron? Hey, good morning, guys. Um, three, Three quick points regard uh first of all a spot is going to be the Sox uh guy i think that's what they're doing they're just waiting for the series to go i, I don't have a a problem with that i don't think Ozzy Ian has a chance at all guys so uh secondly uh talk about the game last night and they showed a number it was a ridiculous number when when Verlander has a five run lead he just doesn't lose i i tell you that so that was that was just amazing. And then um answer your uh, question that you talked about, what was the best way of putting the team to, together? And with, without a doubt, for, for me, it's really building up to your system. I, I, I actually love the Braves. That was a team that I thought they brought up some young players. They were ten and a half games out and brought up some young ball players. So that's sustainable. And look at Houston. You may not win it every year, but you can um, – have some sex. And just one last thing, guys. You know, I love talking baseball. But the um, thing about this World Series that I also enjoy is the total contrast where you have the number one seed, Houston, that really just swept through the series. Now, I think Philly might have been seeded number uh, um, six, but just the the, the, yeah. the total contrast. So that's it, guys. Um, good talking to you all. Have Thanks, a good Ron. day. Appreciate the phone Thanks, call. Ron. Yeah. 
Now, Bruce, aren't the Astros doing in terms of developing, in terms of having a regular presence in 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 the ALCS and the respective championship series and the World Series? Aren't the Astros doing what we th- thought the Cubs would be able to do when they started their run in 2015? Yeah, absolutely. Look, you get rid of superstars like Correa, who becomes a free agent, Springer, that becomes a free agent, and you don't miss a beat, right? And you right. replace them with players within your system, right? You look right. at Pena at shortstop. Uh, you know, you look at the outfielders that they're playing, uh, you know, the stars that they bring up from their system. Uh, it's it's exactly what everybody wants to do, what Houston is doing. Whether you still hate the Houston Astros or not for the cheating episode and, you know, the fact that some of those players are still uh, the stars of this team, uh, that that's fine. But you can't take away the fact that uh, they're doing things the right way. And they've been, um, along with the Dodgers, you know, the, the top two franchises in baseball for a long time now. Yeah, you can be mad at them and never like the Astros again because of what they did in terms of cheating and how they were caught and the, the ramifications of them cheating and then winning. But that was a long time ago, relatively speaking, and I don't think that had anything to do with this team succeeding. So you do have to grudgingly, if it is, give them the respect that their consistency kind of brings them. And you have to appreciate the way that they are consistently good. I, I think so, because you look at you look at what they've been able to do to get to this point and Last night was the first time they've lost in a long time, and and that's or, or just it's, it's first time that bullpen has let them down in a very long time. I don't David, know if that's uh, sustainable uh, or not, but boy, David, uh, the first time in in Major League history a six seed is in the World Series, right? So you never had a six seed uh, before. I maybe in twenty they had an expanded playoffs for the uh, pandemic shortened season, uh, but I think. Maybe that was still 10. I'm not, I don't remember clearly on that, but this is the first time the bottom seed, the sixth seed, uh, goes to the World Series in Philadelphia. And it's a great story. And it's also a story that will get the attention of a lot of general managers who don't necessarily have what you consider uh, a, a Houston or Dodger type organization, but still see a team getting to the World Series who won 87 games in 2022 it gave us one of the greatest game ones in world series history and we are thankful for that and game two tonight hopefully just as good if not better all right bruce when we come back one of our favorite segments it's time to hear some chin music right here on chicago sports radio six seven the score it's inside the clubhouse worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You want to feel connected, informed, included, inspired. So when important things happen, we're here. Your local radio and TV broadcasters. America's number one source for news, weather, and information on your radio, TV, computer, tablet, and smartphone. We are broadcasters. Always here for you, wherever here may be. Tell Washington local stations matter by texting radio to 52886. Furnished by NAB and this station, message and data rates may apply. For some chin music. Hey, Aunt, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. The White Sox still need a manager. Ozzie Guillen is still in the mix. He talked to them this week. We know he's a viable candidate. How surprised are you by that, and what are you hearing about the job? Well, I'll believe that when I see it. I mean, I think he's a candidate because Jerry wants to interview him, which is fine. He certainly, certainly won a World Series for them, so I get it. And he likes, We know that Jerry likes to go look back in the past, as he did with Tony La Russa, so... Not shocked that they talked to him. I'll be shocked if they hired him. I, my impression is that there's very little chance of this. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine, playing our favorite game here on Inside the Clubhouse, or maybe our favorite segment. It's not a game, it's more a segment and a song. Chin music, and that was the voice of John Heyman, who was a regular guest on the Mullen Hall Show. I love talking to John Heyman. I got a ton of respect for him. You see him on MLB Network. You read him in the New York Post. Bruce, he is not a fan of Ozzie Guillen. And I do think that sometimes that factors into his reporting on Ozzie Guillen um, because what sounded like fact, I think, is part of his opinion. And I have talked to John about this, and we've had a pretty open dialogue. I do believe that Ozzie Guillen is more of a viable candidate than John Heyman's report maybe suggests. What was your reaction, number one, to Heyman's report and opinion? And then uh, what does it say about what we can expect moving forward? Well, John is a, a terrific reporter and, and has tremendous sources and information. And uh, he's great on the score every week when he's on, and he's fantastic. Uh, as far as knowing a local situation for a national guy, um, He's, he's piped in. I mean, he, he talks to everybody, but I don't think he quite understands what the Chicago White Sox need in their next manager. Frankly, I don't know if the White Sox themselves really know or, as we talked about in our last segment, 
have the ability to hire who they feel is the right guy, okay? There's only a certain amount of people out there that have the criteria that they set forward as to what they want in their next manager. Uh, do all of them fit, fill the bill as far as what you need? For, for me, what you need most, and what John might be missing here, is somebody that knows these players, that somebody uh, talks to these players in both languages, that some of them, uh, that, that somebody can uh, be hard on these players and, and keep their respect at the same time. That is one of the most difficult jobs in all of sport, is to be able to be a, a manager or a coach in any sport professionally these days, David. Be able to get their attention, be able to get all their ability out of them, and retain your job, okay? That is that has become one of the more difficult things in baseball because of all the people around, all the people around um, that uh, come into your office that, that help you or think they help you uh, get better and, and work out a, uh, a uh, lineup every day and work out with uh, communication with the players. To me, uh, that is the hardest thing in all sport right now. Managers or coaches to be able to communicate their message and get the very most out of players. Maybe I'm naive about it, and it's always been the key, going back to uh, John McGraw, going back to Frank Chance, going back to Red Arbach, going back to Don Shula, going back to the greatest coaches in history. Maybe that's always been the key, but more so now than ever with the, the way that players are paid early before they've done anything, and now it's up to you to get the most out of them because the team itself is in a bind of not being able to move that player uh, if they're not playing up to their ability. How does it affect the process, do you think, if it does at all? Or, or do you think that, uh, and I guess this is a vague question, but Bruce, I, I, not just with the Heyman report, but I do wonder about the White Sox's sensitivity to public relations and if they are either affected by or influenced by the way that something may come across. And there's been so much, uh, there's been so little that has come out of this managerial search that I wonder when we have situations like this where somebody speaks directly to it, it creates a little bit more of a ripple because there, there just is so little information out there. I just wonder how the external factors affect if they do at all in your mind the search itself i think excuse me david <clears throat> marketing uh is uh, is huge in baseball and every sport professionally <clears throat> you'd be silly not to pay attention to the fact that uh for the most part part white sox nation still love and will always love ozzy Guillen for what he helped bring to the south side of chicago not only that, but the energy that he brought for the most of, of the time that he was a manager there and for the honesty and the credibility that he asked the players to, uh, to, to live up to. Uh, now, I, I would say maybe in the last year when he managed with the White Sox, maybe his attention span wasn't quite there anymore. But for the most part, he gave you everything he had. He was consistent. Uh, he drove him crazy because of the fact that he would do his manager sex, uh, session for 15 minutes and then sit there for another hour with the media uh, talking to us. 
and giving and filling up everybody's notebooks and uh, microphones and and recorders. Um, but you know, talking to Ozzy and talking to the players, his players at that time really appreciated it a lot, David. And and, and people forget that um, reporters used to be able to go into the clubhouse before a batting practice and then after. About six years ago, that stopped. At that time, Ozzy would keep the media talking to him, and very few of us ever went into the clubhouse after batting practice to talk to players. They got a extra period of time of just relaxation, uh, having a little meal, uh, talking to each other, that many, many of them told me about, David, was uh, great that Ozzy would take all the attention away from them and they didn't have that extra media session to deal with uh, going in. So from that perspective, Ozzy was pretty smart about how he dealt with the media and what he said. At the same time, it drove management crazy. So my perspective is that, uh, like yours, David, for this team, for this time, Ozzy Guillen is the right guy. I'm not saying two years from now he'll be the right guy. He is for right now. As to how Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and Jerry Reinsdorf see it, we'll hopefully find out soon. My sources say that they're 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 close to making their decision. Uh, you can't make it during the World Series. You could possibly make it on Sunday, when there is not a World Series game, or next mm-hmm. Thursday. We'll see if they do that or not. Well, I can fully expect it to become uh, official in the third quarter of the Bears Cowboys game when the Bears <laughs> take a ten point lead because that would be very vintage White Sox in terms of a PR move. But, Bruce, let me ask you two small small things before we, we move on or get to the callers. Number one, John Heyman did, he did uh, allude to Ozzy's comments back in Miami, and he suggested, which I totally disagree with this, but I want to get your thoughts. He said that what Ozzy said about Fidel Castro still lingers and it would have a hard time for him to get along with the Cuban players on the White Sox roster, which I do think I've seen evidence to the contrary. His relationship with Mancada is solid. His relationship with uh, Abreu and Luis Roberts, solid. So I don't see that as being a valid criticism, even though I do think it is a perception that's much different than the reality, and that perception sometimes can be damaging too. Well, you know, you can consider it, and John can say it, but I, myself, like you, David, I've seen Ozzy communicating with all the players in the White Sox. I've seen him talk to Mancada. I've seen him talk to Robert. There is a respect. There is an awful lot of uh, respect on both sides uh, from that. So Ozzy being away from the White Sox for 11 years, going on 12, and stepping in as a manager would be pretty seamless for me. Okay, David, I don't know what your opinion is, but it would be seamless because... He's been around this team. He's around these players. They know who he is. Very quickly, Ozzy would tell them exactly what they, that is expected of them. Very quickly, Ozzy would say, if you miss a game and you come out of a game injured, uh, you're going to miss the next game no matter what. That is my rule. He's always stuck to that rule, that you, you come out of a game, you also miss the next game. Uh, we heard a lot this year about players coming out of games and not really understanding if they were injured or not, showing up the next day in the lineup. You know, it's it's understandable when people tweak things that they come out and get it checked out. But in Ozzy's world, it's if you had to come out of that game, you're not playing the next day either, okay? So right. that in itself 
is a statement that has to be heard loud and clear by a team that works uh, under Ozzie Gein as a manager. Even beyond experience, which I always value in these coaching and managerial searches, even beyond experience, I think you have to value institutional knowledge. And that is an awareness and a knowledge of the roster you will inherit, the organization that, that employs you. And I think some of the idiosyncrasies may be even about the Chicago market. And I think when you talk about institutional knowledge, that's why, as much as any factor, I think it plays into Ozzie Guillen's advantage because it is one of these things that he would bring to the job for a te- team that not only is ready to win now, but really has to approach this season as a must-win-now kind of mentality. Well, look, uh, as soon as he came in in 2004, you know, the the thing that he sat down with Kenny Williams and the other people in the front office at that time with said was, can't win with uh, these really good players that you have. They said, what are you talking about? He said, he said to them, we can't win with Meglio Ordonez, Carlos Lee, and uh, Jose Valentin, even though they're all outstanding players and can go somewhere else and help uh, someone else win. We need more speed. We need more people getting on base. We need more people not just swinging to hit a home run. We need some team players. To his credit, general manager Kenny Williams went out, the first big trade he made at the winter meetings uh, that offseason in 2004 was trading uh, Carlos Lee to the Brewers for Scott Pesednik. That changed the whole dynamic of the 2005 World Series champion, Chicago White Sox. You had a leadoff man. You had a guy that got on base uh, wreaked, that wreaked havoc on uh, pitchers and concentration on the next hitters. Uh, the White Sox uh, got off to a huge lead in the first half, getting up to as much as 15 games. We know that uh, most of that was eroded and went away, but they, they came on strong at the end and won it. Um, those are the type of things that Ozzie Guillen helps bring to a team. Kenny Williams gets the credit for doing it. Ozzie Guillen uh, gets the credit for pointing out that uh, these really good players weren't going to help the White Sox win. They needed different players to win a World Series, which they did. Good stuff, Bruce. I think that it, this continues to go on until Ozzie is out of it. He's in it. He's a, he's a candidate. He interviewed for five and a half hours, and we will see where this goes. And where we will go when we come back, we're going to share one of the best pay-it-forward stories that I have heard in broadcasting. Uh, and I heard it this week, and it involves what uh, the New York Times called the new face of baseball. Joe Davis, we'll talk about that next inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com and always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. So I grew up on the seventh pitch. Harper hits one in the air. Phillies on the verge of the World Series. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score. David Hoff, Bruce Levine, thank you to Fox Sports. That was the voice of Joe Davis, the new voice of baseball as the New York Times dubbed him, maybe the new face as well, especially in the postseason. But 
baseball broadcasting. Bruce, that was the call of Joe Davis's life when he called Bryce Harper's home run. And if we were waiting for that moment where you said, okay, this is why Joe Davis is in the booth at such a young age. This is why they tapped him to replace Joe Buck. That was a good reason and, and a good example because he rose to the occasion, and that was a memorable moment. Yeah, it was, uh, certainly, David. Uh, Joe Davis is uh, one of the fine broadcasters in uh, the country, a Michigan, a Michigan native, uh, grew, grew up listening to uh, certainly uh, Ernie Harwell, and uh, you know, just like the man that who uh, is really had the impact of the story. So you can take it from there, David. Yeah, he's 34 years old, and he uh, was on the New York Post podcast earlier this week, telling a story about how he one day went to Wrigley Field with his dad, and well, let let's let him take it from here. So I grew up a Cubs fan and was going to a Cubs game in my sophomore year of college. Uh, my dad and I were, were headed down there, and I just said I was going to handwrite a note to give to Len Casper to try and introduce myself to him. And wrote this note, had it folded up, put it in my pocket. We parked in Wrigleyville, walking through Wrigleyville, and get into the stadium, get up to the press box, going to leave it with the press box attendant to take to Len, and I reach in my pocket and it's gone. Like, oh, what a bummer. You know, I'd taken all this time to handwrite this long note and wasn't going to be able to deliver it. So we watched the game. We're driving back to Michigan. It was a Cubs loss, of course. And I get a call, and it's from the owner of the Taco Bell across the street from Wrigley Field. And she said, hey, I just want to let you know I have your letter. It's got a footprint on it. Somebody found it on the sidewalk. It's got a footprint on it, but I've got it. And I'll take it over to the stadium, make sure Len gets it. A couple of weeks later, I got an email from Len that said, hey, let's, let's chat sometime. And he became one of my very first mentors. And my first real job in baseball was announcing for the Montgomery Biscuits in Alabama. The ownership group for that team was based in Chicago. And so like my heavy hitter that I brought in when I was one of the finalists to make a call for me was Len. And had that Taco Bell owner not found the note on the sidewalk, I don't know if uh, if that connection would have been made. And I don't know if I would have gotten the biscuits job without it. Bruce, that's a great story. Not only because of what it says about the resourcefulness and the him writing a letter and then the, the help that he got from people that found it and had, with the conscientious nature of the people that found it. Also about Len Casper following up a guy in his position at the time befriending a young broadcaster who wanted to be like him and then taking advantage of those opportunities just a tremendous origin story it really is and you know personally i had the you know at a much later date in uh, february 2020 uh, marquee uh, uh, brought me in to uh, do an audition to see if they wanted to use me as a, a contributor on the station and who do they pair me with? Uh, Len Casper and I end up doing the first uh, tape uh, uh, broadcast from uh, Marquee Studios where we did um, two different uh, games. We did the Sandberg game and we did the Kerry Wood 20 strikeout game as auditions. Okay, So Len was strictly in there to, to work with me and we, we did this uh, half hour show built around 20 strikeouts by Kerry Wood. Uh, the uh, uh, also the the Sandberg game and so his, his generosity to me uh, just uh, helping me sound good 
so that I was eventually hired to be a contributor with Marquis uh, at a later stage in my career. You know, it doesn't surprise me that Joe Davis talks about uh, Len's generosity as a person. He's a terrific person as well as a broadcaster. We're lucky to have him here in Chicago now on the on the south side rather than the north side. But again, it, it, it's a great story because Joe Davis is a terrific broadcaster. He's just, you know, replaced Joe Buck as the primary broadcaster for Major League Baseball on Fox. And I think he does a terrific job. It's a great example to people who are young in the business in terms of reaching out to people who are established and, and seeing ways that sometimes that can help you either get in a door and then you have to do the rest yourself. But it just it's encouraging from that standpoint. It's also a good reminder to, to those of us who have been around for a while, Bruce, that you do have young people who come to you and looking for direction, who look for advice or look for a little bit of help. And it's okay to lift as you climb. It's okay to reach out and to take time to return an email or a phone call or have a coffee or whatever the case because these are people that have as much invested in – they want to be as good uh, in the profession as you do. And so it, it's just a tremendous example. And Joe Davis, I'm glad he had that moment because I think that he's an easy guy to like. He's got a great future ahead of him. He's already arrived. And he is the second most famous Beloit College graduate that I know, Casey Johnson being the other. I, I, I think back to Ernie Harwell, who I was, uh, I had the, the great good fortune of being friends with for many years, one of the greatest broadcasters in history, and certainly the greatest in Detroit Tiger history. And uh, Len always talks about Ernie being so gracious to him uh, as a young broadcaster and somebody that he listened to growing up uh, in Michigan and being his idol. And, and, and David... Uh, Ernie had the same characteristics that that uh, that Len has been showing here. And now that Joe Davis in that position will probably pass it on to some other young broadcaster. And it, it's such an important thing because Ernie, for all the Hall of Fames that he was in and all the noted uh, history that he had in the game, was the most gracious man you'd ever meet in your life. And uh, just a, the finest gentleman and most accomplished guy. Uh, but... Uh, always had time for other people. Len has always remembered that. And hopefully Joe is going to be the same guy down the line here. So it's a great story. I'm glad you brought it up because uh, paying tribute to Len is not a bad thing at all. Speaking of great broadcasters, we will talk to one next. The great Bob Costas joins us on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 